following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We are in the middle of talking about how we are being sent. We had a time where we focused on, and we are continuing to focus on, being filled because we are filled for the sake of being sent. Nobody wants to be sent without being filled. <laughs> it's, it's a bad trip, so don't do it. Um, not that kind of trip, but, um, but we talked about, Pastor Bob kicked off this series talking about the simplicity of the message that we carry and how we all carry that message uniquely. I talked a little bit then about the, the way that we are sent and the verse where Jesus said, I'm sending you in the same way that the Father sent me, and we talked about what that is. What is the way that the Father sent Jesus? Because that is the same way we're sent. We're sent for the purpose and the motivation of love to represent the Father and as servants. Last week, Pastor Dave talked about what we carry, this message of hope that we carry as those who are sent. I felt like I had a fresh, I feel like the gospel was preached last Sunday. How many of you feel like the gospel was preached? Not that it's not always preached here, but it was preached in a really unique way of reminding us of the message of hope that we both received and now that we carry and that we give, and the power of that hope, and how important it is that we be carriers of that in this culture. And so what I want to talk about today is the reality of the fact that we are carriers, we are sent from one culture into another culture, that hope is part of that culture. It's, it's probably a, a prevailing part of that culture. And I want to talk about that, and I think you know, you're probably aware of that. This is a message that is being um, highlighted right now in the body of Christ. This reality of connecting to the fact that we are of a different culture being sent into a culture that is opposed to the culture that we carry. There is a hopelessness in the culture that we've been sent to that is opposed to the hope that we walk in. There is something that is opposed to the kind of love that we're meant to carry. And so there's this, this aspect of recognizing that we have, we have something that is not flow with the rest of the culture that we're part of. So I've heard a lot of discussion around this time about having it straight in our mindset that we are exiles in Babylon. How many of you have heard that messaging? We are exiles in Babylon. We are, we are not of this place, and we've, we've been deposited or sent into a place that is not our culture. And there's these comparisons that are made between like Daniel in Babylon and Esther in Persia, that they were of a different, uh, they were of a different kingdom, and they were in a kingdom that was not the kingdom that that practiced and operated the way that they did. And so I believe that that's true. I believe the word supports that, that thinking. It doesn't necessarily use the exile language all the time. 
But it does refer to that in 1 Peter 2.11. Peter says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And so he's establishing that we are sojourners and pilgrims. Other translations say foreigners and exiles. And he's establishing, he's saying, you need to remember you are not of this land. You are not of this kingdom. And I beg you to stay in the mindset of sojourners and pilgrims as ones that are not of this kingdom. He's making an appeal for how we view ourselves in the world to be in but not of the world. That word sojourner, it means a foreigner having a home near or to settle alongside in a strange land. So we are purposely meant to be a foreigner who settles alongside people in a strange land. Does that sound like fun? Not so much. But it is, it's awesome, because it's part of his plan. That word pilgrim, which is also sometimes translated exile or foreigner, it literally means somebody passing through but still with personal relationship with the people in that locale. Isn't that interesting? That little word, it means passing through, but still having a personal relationship with the people that, of the land you are passing through. And so this is what we're called to. So he says, I beg you, as those who, who have a home near, alongside those in a foreign land, as those who are passing through, but still having a personal relationship with um, those that live in that land. In fact, the, word, the English word pilgrims means to be alongside pagans, to live alongside pagans. They're, they're, like On purpose, that is their, their passing through to live alongside those who don't believe the way that they do. So we're carriers of a different culture, and Peter is telling us to abstain. It means to separate or let go of one thing to have another thing. To separate from one thing to have another thing. To be far away from one thing to be near another thing. And so we need to recognize that although we live in proximity, in proximity we're close. But in culture and in practice, we're far away. As believers, as foreigners in this land, we live close in proximity, but we live far away in practice, in, in the way that we live our life and in what we know is true. Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Hallelujah. This is the citizenship that we're part of. This is, this is what we belong to. Paul uses some of the same language in Ephesians. In Ephesians 2.19, he says, Now therefore you're, you're no longer, this is an interesting, he's saying you're no longer strangers and foreigners to the heavenly kingdom, 
you were brought near to the heavenly kingdom. Before, you were strangers and foreigners to that kingdom. But now you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You've been brought near to a different kingdom. In verse 12, leading up to that, it says, Remember that you were at one time separate from Christ, excluded from the people of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of the promises of God, having no hope and without God. This message of hope that Pastor Dave talked about last week is a message that we have only because we have stepped into a new citizenship. Apart from that citizenship, we had no hope. And so now we've brought into, been brought into a different citizenship. This is our identity. And when we talk about being sent, we need to recognize we are sent from that place. We aren't sent from this other place that we're actually meant to be abstaining from and separating ourselves from in our practice. And so we are sent as citizens This place is foreign to us. We're now foreigners here. We're in this place, but we're not of this place. And we're not staying in this place. But I think there's a a place where we begin to think of ourselves then as when we say we're foreigners in this place and we're not staying here, we might begin to think of ourselves as refugees or immigrants. But that is not a language that the Bible uses to define the role that we have in this place. Because we aren't captive here. We're sent here. We aren't trying to assimilate into this culture. We have a culture that we're bringing. We're sent with a different culture. And so I think at times we recognize the foreignness of the place that we're in. We recognize, yeah, this is not what I'm about This is not what I was made for. In fact, living in this place can sometimes be vexatious to the spirit because this is not what we're used to eating, right? It's like this is not not what I was made for. This is not the environment that, that that I was meant to function in. And so we feel that sense of being foreigners, but we sometimes take on this like, I'm a refugee, I, I'm an immigrant. I'm, I'm a person without any, any standing or any place. And that's not who we are because we are sent. And we're sent with a culture and a message. And the Bible says we are sent as ambassadors. Yes. That's a completely different role than the role of a refugee or an immigrant. It's a completely different way of looking at who we are in the world. So what does it mean to be an ambassador? We are sent as ambassadors. The definition of ambassador in English is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. You have credentials. You are an accredited diplomat that has been sent as a representative. This is why I believe uh, two weeks ago when I preached, I felt like it was important that we understood we are sent as servants of the one who sent us. We are not on our own mission. We are not adding his mission to our mission. We're sent as an ambassador on his behalf to represent his kingdom. And so this is what that means. To be sent as an ambassador means I have a particular identity. 
An ambassador does not give up their passport to the nation that they've been sent from. In fact, that passport is a lifeline for them. That passport symbolizes where their identity is and what is available to them. That, that identity is our citizenship in heaven with all of the rights of that citizenship. When, when Paul was saying, was it Paul? Yeah. When Paul was saying, you used to be separate from the commonwealth, he was saying, you used to not be a citizen and not have the rights of this kingdom. But now you've been brought into this kingdom, and now you have all the rights of this kingdom. And so that's, that is our citizenship. We have the rights of our home kingdom. We have the protection of our home kingdom. We have the culture of our home kingdom. And when I'm done being in this foreign place, I'm going to go home to my home kingdom. That's what it means to be an ambassador, not an immigrant. And so we have an identity. In Babylon and in Persia with Daniel and Hadassah, which was her given identity of her home kingdom. I'm not sure why we called the book of Daniel, Daniel, and we call Esther, Esther, which was her Persian name. But anyway, somebody did that. Um, but, but they had an identity. They, and, and that foreign land that they came into gave them a different identity. Daniel was called Belshazzar, and Hadassah was called Esther, but that identity of who they were was really who they were. <laughs> That's what was on their passport. And so we're not assimilating into the culture we're living in. We are bringing that culture to that place. What's cool is that we have a shared identity. So I am not a lone individual ambassador all on my own. I have all of you who are also from that citizenship. And we have places that we gather, that we, we come together, and we talk about the identity of our home kingdom. And we remind one another who we are in that home kingdom. I have to believe that there were people in Daniel's life who called him Daniel. All in, in that kingdom, everyone else called him Belshazzar, but people that were with him from his home country called him Daniel. And I have to believe Mordecai called Esther Hadassah and reminded her that's your identity. That's the role we have when we gather, to call one another by the name of our kingdom, by the identity of who we really are. That's, that's why it's important that we gather together. That's why it's important that we come maybe to the embassy, into the place. If you've ever been in an embassy, you can be in this nation and everything else is like strange and foreign. Everything else is, is that culture and, and the furniture and everything. And then you come into your embassy and your language is spoken and the furniture looks like you remember. And they have that food that you can't get out there. <laughs> There's something about this gathering, this gathering. Our homes can be an embassy. <laughs> our small groups can be an embassy where we gather together and we call one another by our identity. So identity is one aspect of it. 
An embassy is a mission. In fact, there's a foreign missions, is often what embassies are called in other nations, foreign missions office. So an embassy, a church, is a mission that is deputized and sent by one ruler or state to another. And what we need to recognize, so we have that identity, but then we also have an agenda. <laughs> That's the difference. That's a dirty word, isn't it? Everyone's like, ugh, agenda. It's just a word, guys, just a word. <laughs> but that was the difference that was made in Esther's life, in Hadassah's life, because she could have just lived in the palace and had beauty treatments and but something happened when she took on the agenda of her home kingdom. And there was a power that was released in her and through her because she stepped into the agenda of the home kingdom and she had a decision to make. She had a decision to make. If I'm going to step into that agenda or am I just going to melt into this kingdom that I'm living in? And we have a decision to make in the places that he has put us, that he has sent us to. Whose agenda am I carrying? What's interesting about ambassadors is they are not elected by the people. They do not represent the people. They are appointed by the head of the state. That's right. They are appointed by the leader. And they represent the interests of that leader and of that government. I don't represent myself. I represent that leader and that government. I don't have my own agenda. I, I, I don't get to have an agenda other than the agenda of the kingdom that sent me. I'm not building something for myself. Nobody sends an ambassador into a nation and then that ambassador begins to build a kingdom for themselves. They do it but they get ousted, and it's ugly. But, but we don't do that. We're sent in an identity with an agenda of the kingdom that sent us. I have, I just was recounting this to Jay Bryan the other day. There was a time, and I don't even remember when it was, maybe four or five years ago, in, in a personal time with the Lord, where something just came into the room I know something. The Holy Spirit came into the room and something inside of me cried out to the Lord and said, I don't care if anybody ever knows my name, but I want to know that I made your name famous. Yes. And it was like a deep work Amen. on the inside of me as I was probably wrestling with wanting credit for some stupid thing or, oh, we don't say stupid at our house, for something... <laughs> You know, I was, I was wrestling with some fleshly desire to be acknowledged or whatever, and something, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit came in with a prayer, with a, a deep desire that said, I don't care if anyone ever knows my name, but I want to know that I made your name famous. That is the desire and the mission of this body, of this church, of this work. If we ever put our name on anything, it's only so people know where to find us. It's not because we're trying to build anything. We have one agenda, and it's his. 
It's the agenda that he gave us. And here's what the agenda is. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 through 21. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. Isn't that convenient? That's what I'm preaching on today. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That is the agenda. That is the mission. That is the message. That is the desire that we carry within us in increasing measure. That he is, he is begging through us, be reconciled to me. That is the only thing that we are here to do. And that takes, the ways that we do that takes a lot of forms, those invitations. But it always, we need to make sure that's the agenda of what we're doing. Does it reconcile people to God? When, when you have a really great idea for something that you want to do at Living Waters... What we're looking for is, does it reconcile people to, the, to who God is? Does it, make, does it bring them into a deeper place of the culture of his kingdom? Does it bring an invitation to that? Because that's the only agenda we have. So we have an identity and we have an agenda. I'm monitoring and adjusting. Here's what we need to recognize. In Jeremiah, it says, seek the prosperity of the city where I sent you. So there is a place where we, and it says, and pray for them, because as that city prospers, you will, you will prosper. So he's saying, yes, yeah, seek the prosperity of the foreign place that I have sent you. And pray for it, because as that prospers, you will prosper. That is real, and that is true, and we, we should do that. But when there comes a place where the agenda of the city and the agenda of our home kingdom collide, we have to go with the agenda of our home kingdom. This was true of Daniel. Daniel, who was an advisor, who brought prosperity to Babylon, who brought wisdom and creativity, even the word of the Lord to ungodly leaders for the prosperity of that land. But when it, when it collided with the agenda of his kingdom that he came from, he had to choose that kingdom's agenda. For Esther, it was the same thing. She was happily living in a foreign land, but at some point she had to make a choice. Whose agenda am I working for? That means I don't get to say anything. Here's ambassadors. Do you know, ambassadors don't get to have opinions. They don't get to have opinions because their job is to be the mouthpiece for the kingdom that sent them. I don't get to say anything that my leader is not saying. That's good. 
I'm feeling convicted right now. <laughs> I'm even, I don't want to open my mouth. I want to be so careful. But here's the reality. We can't pursue, because, because why? Because there's an authority behind that agenda. There's an authority that comes behind the agenda of the one that sent me. I don't get to pursue my own agenda and walk in the authority of the sender. I don't get to say what I want to say and have my words carry the authority of the sender. And so it's important that we recognize that. Am I pursuing the agenda of the kingdom? Because the agenda I pursue has a lot to do with the authority that I walk in. If I'm feeling like I am not walking in the authority that I'm meant to walk in, it is time for me to stop and say, am I about the agenda of the one who sent me? Because if I am, the authority will be there. That's, right. That's what the Bible promises us. But it's a good, it's a good place for us to check. Does my agenda match his? So we have, as ambassadors, identity. We have an agenda. And we have authority. Amen. Finally, we have an individual assignment. All of the ambassadors are not sent to the same culture. All of the ambassadors are not sent to the same place. That would feel more like an invasion, probably. But we need to recognize that we're sent individually to a different place. We're often assigned to places where we already speak the language and understand the culture. Because we can have effectiveness in a place that we understand the language and speak the culture. You know where I was at there. Ken's story, his testimony, to some degree, he had an effectiveness because he understood the culture that this man was coming from. And he could invite him into salvation from the place of what he had already experienced through his Catholic upbringing. He understood and he was sent to that place as an ambassador, as one who could understand that and explain it to him in that way. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.